Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello, you homeschoolers out there, and welcome back to the number one secular podcast on the planet, growing (laughs) leaps and bounds like Mount Vesuvius, erupting (laughs) with joy and happiness. And if you haven't, I always... You're so so weird. You know what, guys? She always asks me to change up the intro sometimes and be a little different. And I try. Sometimes I try and sometimes I strike out. I just love Vesuvius because the thing I think about is people just killed suddenly and immortalized forever as like ash statues. And so <laughs> just to me, it doesn't like invoke success and growth. And <laughs> We hope to make you the future Pompeii of homeschooling. I, I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> if you have a chance to, su- so, to support Jeez. this absolute train wreck of a, a podcast, um, go down in the show notes below and hit the subscribe button. Um, Tell your friends and families about it. It's the biggest way to help us out and to help other families out too. And that's what we want to do. Today's an episode about helping people. It's one of the number one kind of bugaboos around uh, homeschooling. You know, the talking about isolation and, you know, the mirrored image of that is socialization. How do we get our kids out interacting with the the human race, especially... You know, when we... <laughs> it's so silly. Because, I mean, all of us homeschoolers know. know that's just silly. But, you know, there are there are families out there who, who may be a little bit more introverted and maybe harder for the children to make friends. And we, right. You know, we may have right. children who are, you know, maybe neurodiverse or um, are just naturally not inclined to going out and, like, running up to the nearest kid and saying, you're, you're going to be my best friend. I'm so fluffy, you know, and all that type of stuff like our, right. our girls tend to be. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that you might have lots of opportunities for your kids to um, socialize with you know, you're going to the grocery store and you're going to the library and you're doing all these things and they're talking with adults and things. But there there can be times when there is limited peer interaction because mm-hmm. of the area that you live in or, um, you know, the, the environment or how you feel about... Yeah, you can almost imagine like... Being out there and yeah, like, being oh, extroverted. We're stationed overseas and nobody speaks the language, right? Right. Or, there could be a lot of situations. A lot of situations. So today we wanted to talk about kind of what causes it you know, what are some of the effects of being a bit more isolated? And then some ideas and, and some ways that, you know, yeah. you might maybe give you some outside of the box ways to get out. I know that there's a lot of homeschoolers, especially listening to the podcast, that you might be in a, a highly religious area that you don't have a lot of other secular groups around. So yeah. we're hoping that maybe we can give you some ideas yeah. um, that, you know, you can take away and, well, and have some more opportunities for you and your kids. You know, just like, you know, there's a laundry list of hopes and that we have and goals for our kids every single year, whether they're academic. Um, but a lot of times we'll have social goals like, hey, this year I want to see that my daughter gets, you know, two or three new friends that are, mm-hmm. you know, in her homeschooling clique. Or sure. like, for example, our, our youngest right now, she's kind of a tag along kid, right? Mm-hmm. She tags along with her big sister and all her friends are all her big sister's friends or siblings of her big sister's friends. Right. And what we're trying to do is like, hopefully maybe in the next year or two that she begins to cultivate her own friend network. Exactly. Like we may have these type of social goals, whatever they might be. Like, 
I just want my kid to have a friend or I want her to get into a sport or I want him to, you know, really enjoy something, you know, creative with other, with other kids, whatever it might be. You know, we've talked to a lot of homeschool families that, you know, maybe started homeschooling during the pandemic and they were a little concerned and said, okay, well, my biggest goal is I just want my kids to make more friends. And they're, Mm -hmm. you know, the first year or two, they weren't making as many friends and I was a little you know, nervous about that. And then, okay, this year, now they're starting to make friends. They're starting right. to hug the kids around them. They're, yeah, they're, it's hard coming out of COVID, especially. It, it is, it is. And we're starting to see that blossoming. We're seeing that really, really acutely with our, our, our daughters and also our friends' daughters where they're, you know, hugging random kids. There's been a couple of times in our parent <laughs> yeah. partnership where, you know, some of our friends are there and we're just chatting and all of a sudden some kid runs up and they like do the jump hugging thing. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, girls are big on the jump. And, and, the, and they kind of split up and we all look at each other slowly. Do you know that kid? I don't know that kid. They clearly know each other. They clearly know each other. That, and those are the type of things we're, you know, we're excited to see. And it, yeah. this has been like the first year I've really seen a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I think, um, you know, those are the type of goals that some people may have. So let's talk a little bit about. Right, because at the end of the day, people, people who need people. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Whooshed. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. So let's talk a little bit about the causes of isolation. So isolation can be a kind of like a negative word, you know, really, really negative, right? Like well, we're isolated, we're, we're hiding away. And I think it it, yeah. it it can not necessarily be, right? There's different ways, right? So we talked about, you can you be know, isolated in a city. Right? You could be. You, or you, you don't have could, to just be living in a rural area. It could just be a feeling that you have. Yeah, like exactly. you, I feel like I'm on a homeschooling island because maybe I live in a place where I don't have a lot of families like me. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that we aren't out and about every day and doing things in the city or wherever we are, but maybe it's, it's a feeling. And so this is could be a limited peer interaction for your kids. Exactly. Um, this could be caused by, you know, not having not having any kind of a, a group environment, right? You know, kids would go to a traditional school and there'd be a bunch of peers around and how much time they actually get to socialize with those peers is a, a hot topic of conversation. <laughs> I think there's a lot of, you know, sit down and be quiet time. But it, um, but it is an opportunity to, to throw 30 kids to the same age. And exactly. Ma- and maybe you're going to meet one of them that you like, right? Right. And, and, and schools do naturally provide an environment where, yeah, you've got a whole group of kids. How often are they allowed to talk to each other is a different topic. Yeah. But, you know, you do have these kids that are all mashed together. And in some ways they go through this experience together and that does forge bonds. So you have that. But also there could be like geographical factors. You could be, you know, living out in a rural, very rural area. And, right. you know, we used to live in an area here in in the Western Washington area where it was 20 minutes to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I, and it's kind of funny because when we moved to where we currently live, we've talked about this. We're like, oh my gosh, we're so happy that we live closer because right. I couldn't imagine my daughter living out, you know, in the essentially the sticks, you right. know, where we were. And, you know, having to drive just 20 minutes just to get to the grocery store. Well, I mean, we're now on a street where our kids can go out and rollerblade on the street or like, ride like their bikes. Like we're doing tonight, yes. Right, or ride their scooters or do whatever. Yeah. There's, and there's kids running up and down the street. And when it comes to things like Halloween or 4th of July, there's kids running all over the place. Yeah. And that's just something that we didn't have when we lived very rurally. So you have that, you have that geographic, you know, issues if you, you isolate it, but then there can also be kind of cultural isolation. We talked yeah. about families that live in just predominantly heavily religious areas where mm-hmm. all the homeschoolers around you are not secular. And maybe you don't feel like that's the best space for your family to be in. Yeah. Um, or you could be, as you said, maybe you're stationed overseas, you're a U.S. military family. And yeah. so you're homeschooling and most of the folks around you, depending on where you're at, we, 
we had a listener like really early in the podcast, their family was part of like a U.S. embassy somewhere in Africa. And so, you know, if you're on a military base and you, you are going to have a lot of other military families, but if you're part of like an embassy detail, there may not be a lot of kids there no. for your kids to, to, to play with. It's not like you've got a whole base full of people. We, we also talked to, remember we had a listener early on um, who lived on an island in, in, in the Indian Ocean, one of those yes. French, uh, French kind of like um, islands. I don't know what like, right. like territories. Well, and, and homeschooling, I don't yeah. even think was legal there. Yeah, they were and kind so, of doing it under the table. Yeah. Right, because they were foreign nationals. Anyways, and, and so it's like they, could, they didn't even feel like they could talk to anybody. They yeah. were super remote. You also have those folks who are like world schooling and they're traveling a lot, right? Yeah. They're going from place to place. And so building those longer term friendships can be a little bit difficult. And, um, you know, they're always in a new place. So there can be some geographic and environmental factors that you know keep you feeling kind of isolated also if you have a busy schedule and the schedule could not maybe not necessarily be with the children but with the the adults maybe you're running Mm -hmm. a a home-based business on a farm or something of that nature and you just don't have the freedom to be able to take the kids out and go do things um you know you could have a scheduling issue with a parent who maybe only have one vehicle Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're having to share vehicles or something of that nature where you just have this busyness in, in your family that is causing, you know, the lack of socialization. Right. You could have some a parent um, who travels a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, you as a, a single parent that's at home um, and you don't feel comfortable going out all the time right. with four children. Right. It might be very difficult. Yeah. Right. We have you know, we, we know a family whose daughter has a lot of special needs and they are in just a series of different occupational therapy and different yeah. appointments and things like constantly for their daughter it takes up a lot of their time so they can't do play dates and they couldn't go to the parent partnership because they have a lot of special therapies that their daughter needs and so that keeps their time very busy we have another family who has uh, a child who is heavily into a sport like highly competitive traveling team oh yes which I remember keeps, you told me about this yeah which keeps their family going like you know, he's in the sport every day and then they're traveling on the weekends. Yep. And so that means that their whole family is like kind of on the go. That family told me about who has the dancer, right? Where they're traveling yes. like almost four hour round trip just to do a dance class on the weekends. It was incredible. Right. Yeah. And she's in a couple of other dance things during the week. And so, you know, it it could be a lot of factors. You may be in a great area, but you have such a busy schedule. We have some parents who are working remotely part-time and so their kids have to be home with them while they work. Or or dual income parents that are handing things off and there's just not enough time to go and take your children out to the thing. So you can have like a really, you know, there's, there's obviously complexity with the way your families are organized. What, you know, what are the factors around your family? Mm -hmm. They can be very, very um, different, but also cause this busyness aspect that can really, pull you down into like kind of a a little isolation. Right. And the last thing is that, you know, homeschooling has been long associated with social isolation and, and, you know, socialization issues for our kids. And whether there's truth to that for your family or not, we've often found there's very little truth to that. We're all perfectly well socialized. But I think that that specter kind of looms over our head a little bit, especially for new families, especially families who might have been a little bit reluctant to homeschool or have people in their family who are naysayers about homeschooling. Your feelings of isolation can become a little like self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where, you know, they maybe your your mother and your sister and all these people said you know maybe even your spouse said you know don't homeschool but you're you're never going the kids aren't going to interact and then you're like hyper focused on that and you may be feeling 
that even more acutely than normal because of, you know, that input to the whole situation. Well, and also because you, you're afraid that, you know, homeschooling, you're going to quote unquote fail and you yeah. spend all this time, you know, maybe you have three or four kids and you're trying to homeschool all of them. But by the end of the day, you, you're burnt. You don't want <laughs> yeah, exactly. to go to swim class or, you know, right. go to the co-op or anything. You're done by the end of the day. So, you know, there's a lot of factors like there. Like I'm focusing mainly on the education mm-hmm. and then because I'm really, really scared of, you know, quote unquote, screwing things up, I have to sacrifice other things or you, you inadvertently choose to sacrifice mm-hmm. other things. So there could be, yeah, you're right. There's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in some of those things. Right. And sometimes, you know, too, going to lessons and things, you could have yeah. a lot going on, but maybe they're not really opportunities where your kids are getting to just chat with other kids because yeah. they're in a lesson or they're I've in noticed, a tutoring I've noticed thing. that too. Like, yeah, like, you know, doing a sport, maybe a little bit more interaction, mm-hmm. but doing something like a dance class, well, they're there to perform and, and they have to go and do the routines and they're right. focused on the on And the there's music teacher. going on. They're not stopping and talking. No, and then when it's done, everybody's just shepherding their kid out. <laughs> right, leaving, right, yeah. And you get the like 35 seconds to try to make a friend. Right. Our <laughs> younger daughter has been in dance for two years and she yeah. has and in the same class with the same other like... 10 girls and has yet to make a friend in that class because you're right. Everybody has got somewhere to go. Moms are busy. They've got new babies. And the the only one that she knew was another parent who goes to the parent partnership. with us. Right. And was like, (laughs) and, and, and because you were homeschooling our older daughter during the dance class, she knew like, Oh, you're another one that, you know, you're another homeschooler. So they latched onto us, but otherwise, but her, you know, but they, they left the dance class shortly after. So we haven't yeah. seen them again. And so it, but she didn't they really make next it. to me at the table on Wednesday. every day. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I'm glad, but otherwise she didn't really make any friends. Cause you're yeah. right. They were so busy doing the activity. And then when it was time to go, it was just like, okay, pack up, let's go. Cause everybody's schedules are so busy yeah. that you know, even a, a lesson with other kids, it wasn't really an opportunity for her to get out and play. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit, you know, that's the causes, how to find like the impacts of isolation. You know, there, right. you're going to have um, issues if you are notice, you're noticing that you are isolated or maybe you're thinking that you might be isolated. Mm-hmm. Here are maybe some things you can kind of look for. First thing would be the social skills development. If you're having issues around your children, talking to other kids maybe they kind of clam up a little bit maybe they're a little nervous or social anxiety that could be because of a neurodiverse issue and that's you have to handle that and and approach that in a a certain way but if your children does you know children don't have that maybe that is a a signal that they need to have a little bit more time a little bit more interaction a little bit more you know just just being trained and and the experience of talking to kids and playing with kids right Right, yeah you know we we knew somebody who who was was really kept their kids super close to them was very nervous about it through all of preschool and their their child really had a hard time kind of feeling comfortable going out and making friends and and just there was a real kind of a social you know very, they were very uncomfortable. Very nervous. Very, very nervous. nervous. And so you may see issues with your kids with teamwork or mm-hmm. conflict resolution with other kids. We see this a lot of times at the parent partnership, um, where you can tell that you know maybe somebody this is the first time that they've they didn't send their child to anything for preschool and they they clearly didn't do a ton of play dates in preschool and then they come to the parent partnership for kinder or whatever. And that child has a bit of difficulty kind of mixing in with the other kids and doing that. So, or they might've been, you know, isolated with their siblings and maybe mm -hmm. their siblings play rough 
And now this is the first time they're out in the real world and they think every other child plays rough or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. We've seen that too. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, been, that's been a fun one for you to coach in sports when like, okay, <laughs> let's uh, settle down. <laughs> let's dial it back. So another thing is, you know, it, it could just be, again, I think it's really important to say that isolation can be a real thing or a perceived thing. But if you're feeling it, it's real for you. Yeah, exactly. And so emotional well-being can be harmed by being or feeling isolated. So maybe you you're you're lonely. This may be maybe this is your isolation, <laughs> right? You suffered this at the beginning because yeah. as a stay-at-home dad, you could not find a group. You didn't find any other stay-at-home dads when you first started and the moms kind of didn't want anything to do with this 6 and a half foot tall guy yeah, right. who was imposing. <laughs> you know, they felt really uncomfortable with you. There's a lot less of me these days, but I'm still very imposing. You're still very tall. <laughs> that did not go away. Um and, you know, the kids were very well socialized. They were playing with other kids at the park. Yeah. You know, they did great. There was no I, problem. But I really, you were I really feeling chose, lonely. Yeah, I really chose things that I knew my daughter would get that interaction with. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, going to the YMCA for two hours. And really yeah, using, doing child care. using the full two hours instead of like, oh, I'm done with my workout. Time to go. Like saying, no, no, I'm going to step back. I'm going to give her that extra hour to play with those kids because I know she'll need that. Maybe I could do something else on the side. And I was writing and stuff like that, taking her to the park every single day, really structuring those type of things and then standing back and letting her play with the kids and not trying to impose or anything like that, really trying to sacrifice whatever whatever I could do in order to get her that experience. But at the same time, I remember you feeling really lonely. I was. Because you didn't have any other homeschool friends. You didn't have kind of your, your group, your people. Right. You you've since made friends with a couple of different, you know, a couple of stay at home dads and one who is um, who is a firefighter. So is home part of the time when you're home and has that kind of shifted schedule. Um, But before that, you know, you were really lacking your folks. So this could be kid isolation. It could also be parent isolation. I I mean, I don't think we should forget about that. Yeah, that's a really great point is that the parents could have that isolation. And then don't neglect the fact that you feel isolated and that could then impact you know, your approach to homeschooling or how you're interacting with your kids. Or your, your kids. joy in homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could give you low self-esteem. You could get depression. You could yeah. say, you know, yeah, my kids are running. We're doing all these things, but I'm I'm getting nothing out of this. I think mm-hmm. we, we homeschool our kids uh, for a variety of reasons. But we homeschool, we homeschool for them to get a better educational experience and childhood experience, right? But a lot of us, and I think we're selfishly true of this, we want a better family experience, and that includes us. We want the joy of teaching them, of seeing those aha moments, of yeah. being close with our kids. So if we feel really isolated, part of our whole reason for 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 being homeschoolers is kind of cut off. Yeah. And that's what we experienced when we first started, is that you were kind of like, well, they're thriving, but I don't know that I am. Yeah. And I think it's really important to recognize if you feel that you're not thriving even if your kids are doing great um that that's a really important thing well that was really to address that was really true for those first four four and a half years um and then the covid came and then i had the baby and so it was was really challenging I, i agree with you it wasn't a natural experience to find other people and i think it was very challenging i think it's a lot different now Mm -hmm. um there's a lot more chance of opportunity and whatnot. So I agree with you. That I think that's a And it's really point. hard, especially when you have kids that are under school age yeah. and you're trying to find, you know, 
other families to be friends with and you're not a mom that i mean there's lots of like mom support groups and all yeah. that kind of stuff but yeah, yeah groups that are tailored to like hike it hike a baby type of stuff right, right? it was mostly all moms and yeah. so but once you're school age then you can start doing all kinds of different activities and sports, sports and things in, yeah. and then it's like okay then it's cool to be a dad and you can find a bunch of other people sports was one of the i think the big gateways but like what do you what does a dad us? do with a baby like how do you make friends with a, a dad with a baby it was so hard for you it was very you d- and you didn't make any no no it, it wasn't until she was a little bit older yeah that i had that opportunity yeah i mean we didn't and even your first friends were like friend of a friend type interaction type exactly. type meetup but it wasn't until she was almost in kindergarten when you yeah. made your first friend so i think that's a little bit challenging next one is a support network mm-hmm. as an as an impact yeah you might really feel like you're just missing out on that that yeah. homeschooling support and that emotional support when you when you really need it most. I think it goes back to what we were saying, right? It's Yeah, and sometimes you have a really bad day. You need that other mom or dad who's yeah. also homeschooling to, to, to be there for you. Yeah, the dog can only help me so much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really true. You you need support. We, we aren't meant to go this road alone. And yeah. it's whether you can find support online or you can find support from a local group or a friend or, you know, neighbor or somebody, I think you, you need that support. You need sense, another homeschooler in your life. sense of community. I think that's, yeah. um, I, I know there's, there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, lack of community impacting individuals, feeling like a lack of meaning or yeah. feeling like they're, they're down or there's just something empty in their life. And community is that, that empty thing. Right. And, right. you know, that could be fulfilled in many, many, many different ways through groups or, you know, you know, co-ops and things of that nature, just feeling like you, you can't connect or mm-hmm. you can't, someone can't empathize with what you're going through can make you feel very alone. And, and then this isolation and that could really impact you. And that a lot of times those things have negative feedback spirals where, you know, you don't get what you need. You feel like you can't have it. And now I feel, I feel alone. Well, I feel alone. And then I want to try and it's just not successful again. I get more alone and more alone. It just kind of feeds back into itself. I could really, yeah. I, I really, I really sympathize that with that, and it is tough, especially for those dads. Mm-hmm. You know, if, hey, you moms out there, if you see that dad just sitting mm-hmm. there in the corner, just sit over there and say hi and ask him how everything's going. Yeah, yeah, be cool to the dads <laughs> be out cool there. Be cool to the dads out I there. I think it's easy. We're to trying. Get, we're trying. Yeah, I think it's easy to feel a bit defeatist yeah. when it's not working out, and having, I think, by nature, humans, we are communal yeah. in in our our nature, and now we so many things are more fragmented moving around a lot gosh we've moved all over the country as yeah. kids and as adults and it, it was hard to kind of build that community we've well, talked you, with you, a lot you, of folks you and i both talked about this a lot where you know we both as when we were children moved a lot and Tons. we never really had that opportunity to generate long-term friends mm-hmm. you know even for me for high school i had this issue i drove and i drove over an hour to school one way in high school and so I was so far removed from my my friends at school. Like, yeah, I had my sports friends and I played sports and my days were long, extremely long. Uh, game days returning at two in the morning. It was, it was wild. But they were always like an hour away. So it was hard to make friends. And then like, oh, we're going to hang out after school. Well, no, I got to drive an hour home. Right. right. So like right. we talked about, you know, the lack of friendship when we were younger and struggling to do that. And that was one of the things we really wanted to make sure our daughters had more of that where we Mm -hmm. try to root ourselves into a community where they can you know run into their friends at Safeway or you know go go to the library and bump into some friends or play some sports and the funny thing is playing the sports and seeing the same families over and Mm -hmm. over again it's really really funny and the funny thing is 
we always think we're homeschoolers that were kind of like these unique flowers that were off, mm-hmm. off in the corner. I can't tell you how many times we've run into other homeschooling families at the sporting events, at the swim meets. Mm-hmm. They're out there and it, you end up running into them. And it's very right. Funny. Once you know who they are, it's yeah. the best thing to do is go to like the grocery store in the middle of the middle day of the and look for everyone who has a child that's clearly over school age. And you're like, hey, well, it's, st- it's starting to be very apparent. Like I was at I was at the store today and my daughter's, you know, she's almost she's two weeks from eight and she's a pretty darn tall kid. Oh, she's and, huge. She's almost as tall as I am. Yeah. And, and it's like. I'm walking around and I'm seeing other kids in the store and it is clearly they are preschoolers. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got this kid. It's like people are probably looking at me going, they're either on vacation right. and driving through the town and just trying to get something or I don't know. <laughs> like, like, right. They don't even you, know. Or they're, they're playing hooky or, or they're, they're hooky homeschoolers. Or, yeah, like, hey, make sure you cough a couple times, kid. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> no, don't. Don't do that. No, put us under a microscope. So those are some impacts of, of, of isolation. Yeah. And I'm sure that yeah. there's more, but those are the biggest ones we thought of. But so let's talk about strategies. Let's talk about solutions. The first one is to try to join a homeschool group. I mean, that's the easiest one. But it there's a caveat with this. It is not easy to find information on what homeschooling co-ops or meetups or anything oh, yeah. exist in your area. It is a really tough thing. It's not like there's a bulletin board somewhere online that it just goes and lists them all. You got to have the special business card and knock, <laughs> yeah, knock twice at the end of the fabric store and then I they mean, open up the door into the back room. And only then do you get interviewed to then know where the next It's so weird. Like yeah. we, in the next town over, we had, there's a preschool co-op that yeah. we literally, when we were shopping for preschools for our kid, didn't we know. didn't even know it existed. We didn't yeah. find out about it until after we were already, you know, she was already in kindergarten and it was like, we met another family that was like, oh yeah, didn't you know there's this great co-op preschool over here where all the parents are part of it and everything. And we were like, we had no idea. So really hard to find these, um, really hard to find them, especially if you live in an area that is predominantly religious homeschoolers. And so you're not going to find a big meetup. So you have a couple of options. Um, the first thing that I would say is get out onto your local, your, your state's Facebook group. So we've got a, you know, homeschoolers of Washington Facebook group that we can get on and we can say, Hey, we're in this town what are my options close by? So you're either going to find out that there are some co-ops or alternative learning environments, parent partnership programs or charter schools or something like, like we have, um, or you're going to find up there's a, you know, we've got one that's just a weekly park meetup. That's mm-hmm. a bunch of secular families that all just meet up. So you're going to find those options. And then you, the last thing is you might find out from a lot of people that there isn't anything in your area, um, but they're like-minded and they would love it if there was something. And if that's the case, yeah, I was just thinking about don't this. take on too much work, obviously start small with just, but maybe suggest a meetup at a park and yeah. see if you can get together. Because I think even in the most religious areas of the country, there are secular homeschoolers. We hear from them. We hear from enough people that are like, oh, I live in this area. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's, we hear from so many of you and they're like, oh, there's nothing but religious co-ops around. It's like, there's enough of you to probably start your own meetup. So if you go out onto your, your state's Facebook group and you don't find anything, then suggest, hey, I'm in this town. I would love to set up a meetup. It's a secular meetup in nature. Is anybody interested? So don't be, don't be afraid to start something yourself. You can do something as easy as creating a Facebook page, a Facebook group with a meetup thing. Say, hey, we're having the secular meetup and we would love to see some some local families come and meet up at the park every Wednesday or whatever. And just see, you might get plenty of secular families to join you. Um, it doesn't have to be, but you don't have to form your own full co-op. That's like, I can't imagine the amount of work required to start a co-op. So no. you don't have to go to that level, but 
find your group somehow. There's got to be there's got to be someone in your area um, that you can connect with, or you know you can also. Um, get involved with something that doesn't necessarily have homeschoolers in it, yeah. but has other kids and that they get to do social things. Yeah, like so, a community event, like, uh, you know, art in the park or uh, music in the park or whatever it might be. Right. We the have community like community has a lot of things as we well. We have like a local robotics club. Exactly. It's probably filled with a lot of public school students. 4-H as well is a good example of that. Yeah, but there's all kinds of different things. Find You can find something that your kids can get out there and meet other kids in either a structured or more unstructured way. Just you'll have to see what works with your family. I think the biggest thing about finding a group is this is a lot of trial and error. It is. And you may have to go through a number of different group experiences to find the one that fits you and your family and your kids and it can be hard. all of it. It can right? be hard when you feel like the pickings are slim, right? Like totally. it's like, like, I don't want to like say no to this because it, my goodness, it's the only thing I've been able to find or these are the only people I've met after like six or seven months. You know, p- you know, if, if you have limited pickings, it's okay. But like, you know, find and, and create. I love that idea of creating the community that you want. Right. If it's not there for you, create it and, and, and go and find it. We found so much joy. The first you, you met the first stay at home dad, yeah. he had one daughter. That was the main friend you had. And it was so fulfilling for you. Just mm-hmm. that one friend. So if you start a meetup or something and you it's only get one, one or family. two families, that might be enough for you. Yeah. I mean, we don't I don't think that we and our kids need to have a plethora of friends. But a couple really good ones is worth their weight in gold. You know, the funny thing is because when we met each other, we were both in the same boat. And mm-hmm. it's what's funny is, is once you make one friend, they're trying to do the same thing you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I, I constantly meet up with him and says, hey, I found another stay at home dad. Oh, yeah. He's good about bringing new friends. He's, in. he's, he's totally good. He's about all it. about he's he's a good he's a good recruiter. So he mm-hmm. goes out and recruits more people. And, and, you know, I find him as well. He's you know, he's really good about is he's willing to go to the other obvious dads at um our parent partnership and just walk up and say hey how you doing yeah find out you don't do him. that i don't do that and it's funny because he'll he'll like introduce me to the other dads i'm like hey how are you you know it's like right. yeah. you, you've seen him on campus a bunch but you feel uncomfortable about you know yeah. putting yourself out there this is hard especially if you're a more introverted um parent to you know be the one to start this but you may have to go outside your comfort zone a bit to you know get your kids other folks but there should be someone in your area. And I think if you put the call out and maybe you don't get somebody this year, but you pull the call out next year, keep trying. Like don't, yeah. don't give up on it. There's going to be, there's going to be the right fit for, for your family. There's going to be somebody else in your area. Next thing is utilize the libraries and centers. There are so many museums and community centers. Heck, we have these farms here in the fall that had homeschool days. Um, they had specific days geared to homeschooling. There's an aquatic center down the road from us that has lessons geared directly to homeschoolers. Yeah, which is really cool. And there's a long wait list. Let me tell you. A long wait list for those things. And it was, you know, what was really funny when we went to that farm for the homeschool days. Mm-hmm. I was, I walked in there. I was like, "Holy cow! All these kids are homeschooled." Mm-hmm. And it was like, there might be two thousand kids here, and yeah. it's just a random day that they put the call out. I think there were two. There mon- was a lot. There were two Mondays for this event, and I'm just like. This is incredible. These are I'm I'm sure a lot of them were in religious co-ops and I, I overheard some of the parents talking about their co-ops and everything. These are things I hadn't even heard of. But it was one town over, so I like I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, this is amazing how many people there right. are here. And you know, we know some parents who don't 
like Facebook, don't do Facebook. We have a homeschool friend that she's just she's just not on Facebook. And while I get that, what I will say about it is that that is the main platform where homeschoolers communicate with one another and where things like the event at the farm were announced and the homeschool swim lessons and those things, they get announced on the Facebook Even if you just use it as like a bulletin board, you don't have to go out and comment and share pictures and everything. But if you go out and just join a bunch of groups and like maybe make a point to check once a week at all Mm -hmm. the posts that are on the various groups, you might know what's coming up and what's happening in your local area. We have like a main Facebook group for our state. And then we have one just for our county. And then we have one for our state that's just secular and one for our county that's just secular. But also there's just like the local town um, Facebook group, like the right. ones here of our, for our town. Right. right, yeah. We have a mom's Facebook group in our town and we have a, another one for our whole county. And it's okay county. if you're a dad out here, you can join the mom's group. Right, you can. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, so even if Facebook is not your jam and you don't like it. It's where they you, all are. Yeah, if you are struggling to find events and find things going on for homeschoolers and find community, I hate to tell you, it's just the best place. It is. Because that's the main place where we all can communicate with one another and find out about events and things. So really look into local community events, whether they're for homeschoolers or not, there's lots of things. And if you can join online communities, the Facebook groups are, you know, if you find good ones, some of them can get toxic, but a lot of them mostly are really great. Um, Our Facebook group is a fantastic one. If you haven't joined it, I would say join it because there's a lot of just really terrific people there and everyone is yes. very supportive of you one guys another. Are all wonderful. All they of all thousand something people are on there are super wonderful. Um, you know, find your community. There are also uh, virtual clubs that are designed for homeschooling families that help, you know, people especially around the world connect with one another if sure. you know if you're stationed overseas or something. Um, you know, online might be something that you have to leverage until you can find people in person and that's okay. And a lot of those online communities you can definitely mine the information that's been there. What's really cool is if say you're in a certain location or it's a special Facebook group for homeschoolers for the Rammstein base in, uh, you know, Germany or whatever, um, they're going to tell you, and there's like years and years of stuff on that group. Mm -hmm. You can find out, oh, there's the jumpy house and museum is half off on Tuesdays. And Mm -hmm. well, you you can get all that information there. It's, there's like a, you know, what's the great thing about some of these groups and, and the internet in general is a nice repository of knowledge. Right. You can find out, oh, hey, every October there's this going on at the pumpkin patches. Okay. You know, you can be yeah. prepared. The other thing is if you can get yourself to a homeschool event, whatever type of event that it is, everyone there is a homeschooler. So there's like museum, you know, homeschool day or whatever. Go. Yeah. Go and start making friends <laughs> because everybody there is just like you and you can find somebody else who has you know, kids, your kids ages, it, it does take, you know, effort to kind of get out yeah. and, and be brave, be it, bold, be brave. Cause everyone is in the same situation as you yeah. are. I think there's a couple of things that are universally true about homeschoolers. One is that we all have to find our own curriculum. And the other is that we all have to find our own friends and groups, yeah. right? Cause those things just don't come built in. So everyone's in the same boat as you are. And I think, you know, everyone wants to make new friends too. So don't be shy about, you know, introducing yourself to that homeschool mom or dad at the museum or the farm tour, or whatever yeah. other homeschool events going on. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say hello. I, I think that's the best thing. Um, something we've already talked a lot about are extracurricular activities, things that, you know, really worked well for us are sports, gymnastics, 
things where you have to sit next to other parents and just strike up conversations yeah. is a great place to be. I, I know I used to go to the dance class and, and when it was just my youngest and I didn't have, I didn't have our second, it was a lot harder. But once I had that baby, it was like the cloak of invisibility and you got to talk with more people for some reason. They're like, <laughs> Oh, look at, he's carrying around a two month old. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you had her on your chest. It was very cute. It was very, very cute. And she was napping most of the time, but you know, Going into these events, sports is a great one. If you can get your kid involved in sports, obviously that's just built in play. What's great about, I like about sports is that there's a lot of downtime before and after and the kids have the opportunity to play and laugh mm-hmm. and talk. And, and our daughter has um, easily made multiple friends that she yeah, has you know, gone in to do play dates and we've become friends. Right, and, we, and they're shared all numbers, public yeah. school kids. They're not homeschool kids, uh, but she's made some great friendships with The thing them. that I love about sports as well is very often if you're too afraid to ask for the phone number to do a play date because, oh, I'm a guy and that's a lady and there there might be some issues there or whatever, eventually you're going to be in the game together and you, you come along and I'm like nudging you. I'm like, hey, there's the mom right there. Go talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're way better at this than I am. Yeah. You know, and then you guys get the phone numbers and you schedule it like, like we did. I don't know if you listened to an episode or two before. But we talked about our youngest daughter wanted to have a play date with one of her friends from preschool. And I like, you know, sent you in to go get the phone number, right? Right. And, today, and I did. And today we had the play date and it was very, was very fun. very happy. She was very, very happy. So, you know, having those opportunities and doing the extracurricular activities is sometimes the best way um, to share interests, but also let those kids kind of play together. I, I know you haven't seen it, but at, you know, the volleyball that we're doing right now, our daughter is just like a butterfly, man. She's got a couple kids there that she just, yeah. it, it's, so social. I literally have to grab her and like move her to the other side of the volleyball court. and like, stop talking to her. You have to learn how to play volleyball. <laughs> she gets the chattiness from somewhere. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know where she gets it from. Here's the other tip. If you're going to go to gatherings and things, I so I have a t-shirt that I have from our parent partnership. Um, I love to wear it around town yes, because it's like a magnet for other homeschools. So if you have a cool homeschool shirt or if you don't have a cool homeschool <laughs> shirt, we need to get swag. I think oh. we, that's, this is something we have to tackle because I, I think we I'm need a, to sell I'm cool homeschool shirts. Homeschool together, you know, give me your number. It's not that bad or something like that. <laughs> no, we'll give have me, to come up with something digits, quippy. Give me the digits. <laughs> we'll come up with something good. But if you've got a homeschool t-shirt or something else that pegs you as a homeschooler, a bag or something, you know, that's like a great way to signal like to other homeschool parents. But like, oh, you know, and you might meet some folks in the wild, especially when you're at extracurriculars and things. Exactly. That's a great, that's a great idea. Um, online learning platforms um, is another way to... Yeah, like out-school, out-school classes. Things like that. And... that can be tend to be... You know, almost like the video gaming, like we, we've heard where, mm-hmm. where kids make a lot of friends. And it's for, you know, for us, it's a little bit beyond us where we, we were kind of that bridge generation between like, I remember when there was no internet and <laughs> I remember when the internet took forever to get on and I the dial up sound like, you'll never forget. <laughs> I remember those days. And, and then I remember where everybody's on the internet. So, you know, our kids are making friends who are just online friends that are kids they play Minecraft with or they kids they play you know, games with, I, the other dad that, that we, I hang out with, he plays a lot of video games and he's like, yeah, I got friends in my call of duty game that I, I've never met, but they're my friends. Right. And for it, me, that's so foreign. Like I couldn't even imagine. But that. you know, you may have a, a kiddo who loves video games and yeah. who, especially depending on where you live, if there aren't a lot of folks around, they may make some friends that way. Yeah. And, and maybe that's okay too. Um, the one that I really liked that we just did recently, and I, I, I think we're going to do more of this mm-hmm. and I, it was not just fulfilling, but it was, I, I enjoyed what it brought out in our kids, which is volunteering a lot more. Um, yeah, as a family. Yeah, we were part of a group that 
um, the homeschool, I think our, our, it was the, uh, the Girl, Girl Scout. Scout troop. Yeah. Yeah. We went and helped to harvest a bunch of corn for the local food bank in the food drive. Yes. And we, it was like, it was funny. It was like a hundred, uh, parents and children descended upon 10 acres of sweet corn. We harvested 30,000 pounds of corn in two hours. It was like benevolent locusts. Yes, it was. The, the, <laughs> we, benevolent locusts. I love it. We, we decimated we, that field. We were described as a herd of elephants. It was crazy. <laughs> we went through so much. Our kids had such a wonderful time and we got to teach some great lessons about, you know. It was a good experience too. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were helping the food bank and it was a great experience for them. And they tasted our, corn fresh off, fresh off the, which the, was pretty cool it was a cool experience and, and by the you know towards the end of our two hours our youngest was like running around with other kiddos that she had met there that were from there were several different groups that all came together and harvested at the same time so if there's opportunities for you to volunteer as a family do that and you might meet some other cool families in your area that like to do that too you know we've met a number of families that have parents who are either um, firefighters or police or nurses and they work kind of you know off schedules and things so they're available at times when a lot of folks wouldn't be that you know we can we can do things with these families mid-afternoon even if their kids go to public school that we couldn't necessarily do with you know folks who work all the time and we have made lots of great friendships both in and out of homeschooling Mm -hmm. absolutely um regular field trips i like this idea this is something we're trying to do and wear wear your homeschool shirt while you go oh yeah exactly um (laughs) you know pick a day of your week we we have monday carved out as our day and this coming Monday is one of my first field trip, uh, my second field trip. I think I'm doing, mm-hmm. uh, which is to the movies. <laughs> um, but you know, things like this is is a great example of having like regularly scheduled field trips where you take advantage of the fact that you're a mm-hmm. homeschooler. You can go out into the world during the middle of the day and enjoy, you know, uh, the empty museum or and if the, the families you run into. You know, they're probably going to be homeschoolers. Right, nine times out of ten, they're not visiting. They're homeschoolers. Exactly. So that is a great, you know, if you got your homeschool bag or your homeschool badge or whatever you want to do. Um, that's a great, or, or you know, you see other kids that are clearly school age that maybe your kids strike up a conversation with. You know, we have like a local children's museum. It's a great place to go, and you can meet other yeah. families. And dollars to donuts, they're probably homeschoolers. So getting out there and doing those field trips, it's a great way too for your kids. A lot of these museums and different, um, like we have like this like a reptile thing near us and it's a reptile zoo it's great it's amazing and you know one of the things that's neat about it is that um there's oftentimes some sort of a like a demonstration or whatever Mm. where your kids get to ask questions from the person who's running the zoo or museum or whatever it is um and doing the presentation you know whether or go to a state park and talk to the the park rangers we love visiting like the mount rainier a visitor center and going in and talking to the rangers and things you know during the summer for us going to a lot of you pick farms um, especially if you have kind of seasonal vegetables like i know it's kind of apple picking season kind of at the end mm-hmm. of september and october a lot of kids are in school at that time you can go out to the farm and ask questions about that type of stuff right right yeah obviously fruit, fruit during the summer you know you're going to have regular school kids out there and everything but you know taking advantage of those kind of those shoulder season mm-hmm. uh, opportunities was really really cool the corn picking was a great example of that right. yeah um, Absolutely. we really really enjoyed that um Next thing would be kind of a structured social time. So kind of setting aside the dedicated time for socializing. This would be kind of like your field trip, but just saying, hey, we have Fridays are open every week. Right. I'm going to make sure that every Friday we have a scheduled play date. Right. Or we go to the park or whatever it is. You know, this is best for those. Or (laughs) because we know we all need breaks. 
finding that family that you guys can share children. Oh yeah, swap kids. Yeah, swap we're kids. getting to that point. It's really fun with another family. But this is this is probably more for those families that feel isolation because of how busy you are. Yeah, yeah. If you're so busy that you're just feeling isolated, this is setting aside. It's like setting aside time for self care or something, right? It's it's putting into your schedule block. We are going to make a conscious effort to do something social with our kids. And this is going to be our block of time. And then you have to find something that fits, whether it's another family that can meet up with you or there's a group or class at that time or something that you can do that is really social. We have a local theater here and they do they do kids like acting classes and stuff. Mm -hmm. The kids have a great time and there's tons of social time in that. So whatever it is, you also may have like a we have what we call the jumpy house. I'm here in town. Yeah, it's like one of those bouncy house places. Bouncy house places, but it's in like a kind of like an industrial area. And you just, you know, it's like 10 bucks. You can play for like two straight hours. Or you actually play for as long as you want. But a lot of times the open play is about two hours. Our you go in there. Love they love it. And then they immediately attach to another kid. And that's guaranteed. Those kids are in your area. They may not be homeschooled. Right. They may have the day off or whatever it might be. Um, but it's a great opportunity to just go and hang with some other kids. It's It's really easy. Things like that might be best. And... Hey, listen. I'm always, I'm always a fan of the McDonald's lunch at the Play Place. That's one of my favorite. Oh, the places. Play Place is so gross. I know it is. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so gross. But we actually it, have a friend who's having her son's birthday party there because he's only turning four, and that's where he wants to go. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we'll just order a bunch of nuggets and hang out. We'll I take, guess we'll take fifty nuggets and ten large <laughs> fries, please. <laughs> so the other, the, the last thing to think about is just to really try to cultivate interest for your kids, encourage them to pursue something of interest, a hobby, you know, something that will lead to natural connections with other kids that have similar interests. So you've got a kid who is totally into Pokemon. I'm going to use that as an example. Find the the local night at the what, game store what a that, great idea. that That's has, a great you know, the Pokemon night or whatever. Yeah. You're going to find a bunch of nine to 10 year old kids or whatever who D&D are there as well or whatever it is. Or you've got a kid who's really into horses. So mm. you're going to try to get horseback riding lessons. And it's really when our kids are young, sometimes we have to expose them to lots of things to mm-hmm. try to find something that might really like catch their interest. Yeah. But if you can do that, then the friends that they cultivate are going to be ones that, you know, if you, you got a kid who's not really into music and you put them in music lessons, maybe they make some friends there, but maybe that's not really their jam. But you got a kid who loves horses and you put them in horseback riding lessons, the other kids they make friends with are going to, they're, they're going to have things that are naturally in common. Those might be longer lasting friendships for them. So, you know, encouraging them and helping them cultivate their own interests, I think is a really important part of, you know, getting out of that isolation feeling. Well, it also gives you more opportunities and and different ideas on what, what could be out there. And then if you actually find an idea, uh, you know, some niche that, that you find that your kid enjoys, you can really explore that. Like horses is one, you know, one example you could be, you know, competition riding, it could just be trail riding. Like there's different types of things within even just the hobby. You know, you could be into sewing and then you find out you like crocheting, right? Whatever it might be. You could be into farming, but oh, I'm I'm more engineering. I want to learn about aquaponics, whatever that might be. So like there's so many different avenues within those that you can find different types of people to meet or Mm -hmm. different types of flavors of whatever that that is. Right. And this is a great opportunity too on your, your local or state 
Facebook yeah. group too to say, hey, my kid has an interest in X. Are there any local groups that do that? I mean, like we had no idea that 4-H didn't just do animals. We heard from another homeschooling family like, oh yeah, there's like an aerospace one and there's a sewing one and there's all a bunch of different 4-H ones. And we were like, we had no idea. So there could be things that you're not even thinking of in your area. And if you post out there, hey, this is my kid's interests. Um, You know how many times I see posts on the like state state Facebook groups are like, my we just moved here or my kids feeling lonely and they're this age and we live in this town and there's like a bunch of people like hey pm me my kids are same age oh yeah we don't live too far from there i mean you really will find some interesting folks um so for final thoughts just know that combating this you're not alone in feeling this way first of all i see this a lot i i hear from families that that email us or when we we talk with people that that tell us that this is something they're feeling I see it all the time on the Facebook groups with people saying that they feel this isolation um, and that they're looking for community. So this, you're not alone in feeling this way, certainly. But just know that figuring this out for you, figuring it out for your family, is something that really requires a proactive approach. We yeah, can't just it has to be intentional. Yeah, exactly. This isn't something we can sit back and wait for someone to notice us. We can't be wallflowers at the dance. We're going to have to go ask some people to dance. But, but what if you can't dance? Ariel? <clears throat> and some of them might be bad dancers and it might not, your partnership like might guy, not work like out. this guy right here. Yeah, you're a terrible this, dancer. I'm a terrible dancer. I got no I love you anyway. Um, so, you know, know that, that that takes, it takes conscious effort, like you say, to be intentional to, to find these folks. Um but I, I truly believe that they're out there. If you, yeah. if you put yourself out there, um, you'll find some, you'll find some folks. Also, I want you to like think about isolation, not, not in a sense that it is a state of being that is going to, you know, fully encompass you forever, or, you know, it's going to be something that's going to manifest for a year. Isolation could be a momentary thing, like, oh, this week I feel lonely, or, you know, this month I have felt bad, or right. whatever. It could be just a passing feeling as well. So, you know, don't think it's like oh, I just feel a little bit lonely right now. That's not what they're talking about. It's like, no, maybe you are feeling, you know, your, your cup is not full this, this month or your child's cup is not full this right. month. We need to be intentional next month and try to improve that. Maybe there's more opportunities, mm-hmm. more, you know, getting out. We, we had a really down week or maybe the month has been really rainy. You know, it gets rainy here in Western Washington and that can be a downer. And right. that could be seasonal anxiety disorder is a thing, oh, right? We've had three or four weeks of family rotating sickness where we haven't oh, been yeah. able to see anybody and we're just feeling well, really and then lonely. It was, and it was super rainy the last couple of weeks. And we just had like the sun came out today and it felt like it was like a whole whole new world. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, these feelings can be passing. So definitely, you know, stay on top of it and understand like, hey, we need to, you know, really focus here. The the I, I really want to like say like the busy one, like that really is is it's resonating with me because like this week I didn't get my night off. Right. Yeah. Like I didn't get it. So like, and then tomorrow's going to be just wicked. That's because we went to a volleyball yeah. game tonight. Otherwise this would have been your night off. Yeah. Right. Th- those girls are good, man. Those girls are good. Those yeah. High we went girls. to saw the high school Ooh. girls volleyball team as a field trip for, a f- for our, uh, I, our little first, I, second grade volleyball I, team. I, I was impressed. That's all I got to say. They were really say. good. They were really good. So I, I feel that too. And, and so on this note, while you're being intentional and you're really being proactive and looking for these opportunities, Remember, don't overschedule yourself with too many social engagements because we find ourselves not wanting to say no to anything because yeah. we're always like, well, what if that could be a cool group? Well, what about that one? You know, so 
this could be your friend forever. Right, <laughs> right. We're like, who, who's going to be? Neither of us have yeah. childhood friends that we still are I, friends with zero, now. Zero. Um, I, I have one kind of that, but she lives like a co- half the country away, and we we never really talk except on Facebook. So I don't think it counts. We don't have any like people we grew up with, but we were still friends with, and we want that for our kids, and so. We're constantly going, well, what if this is the thing where she meets that other girl that she's going to be friends with forever? Um, So we struggle with this. Mm -hmm. But I think the problem is if you have too many social engagements, maybe they all get to be kind of shallow. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get to really dig deep. Be intentional about slowly adding each piece and think about what each piece does for you. Okay, this piece is really good because it teaches our daughter – you know, for us, we like, we're really big into our, our Girl Scout troop and it's very secular and, um, and what we do. And we go there because there's great social opportunities and it teaches our daughter a lot of practical skills and for self-sufficiency and things like that. So like we have a, you're a strong and capable woman. We are a strong, capable woman. So we have a purpose in why we do that for our family, but you may find, and, and so I think that everything that you choose to do it needs to have a purpose. We choose to go to the parent partnership because we want our daughter to be able to learn things we can't teach her. And we want her to have social time with kids that's not kind of structured by us, right? Yeah. We have some real purposes. So when you look at all the things you could do, you could join a robotics club, you could go to music lessons, you could do art classes and whatever it is that you are looking into, really think about for each thing you slot into your busy schedule, what is the purpose that this is serving? Um, on maybe an academic level, but then on a social level too. Mm. What like kind of hole does this fill? Because otherwise you can get yourself so overscheduled with social stuff that they don't develop any deep friendships from it because they're in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's a given it's a given play. You gotta be you gotta find a balance, balance the right yeah. balance for your family. And so if you're just kind of starting yeah. out, start slowly, add like one thing at a time and don't say yes to everything right away. <laughs> Keep those people's phone numbers for later. <laughs> but you know, just, you know, be be careful about it because it can get a little overwhelming. I'm just waiting for the homeschool speed dating. We all just get two minutes. So <laughs> the big circle. Hey, what's your kid like? Oh, that'll pass. Move on to the next <laughs> <No>. one. <laughs> anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this. This is um I, th- I think a really thoughtful episode. I think this is something that is important. And it's always on the front front of our minds, you know, yeah. outside of picking the right curriculum. Uh, <laughs> right. right. Socialization and loneliness is a big thing because, you know, of all the various problems and, and issues and, and a lot of the stigmas around homeschooling, I, I think is, is something that we're always concerned about. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we need to think about and be active about, even though we know it's not as serious of an issue as the bugaboo that people like to make it out to be. We do know it's a thing that we have to to layer in. It's we like just a, intentional about. It's like the math curriculum. It's the reading curriculum. It's got to got to make all the friends, and it's just another thing we have to do. And we know that, but sometimes it can be it can be overwhelming, and we want to make sure and we're staying on daunting, top of it. It can be daunting, especially if you're moving to a new area or you're in an area where you don't feel like there's a lot of like-minded families. But our encouragement to you coming out of this episode, if this is you and this is how you're feeling, is to try to put yourself out there. Get on the groups, ask questions, try to find some other folks. Um, we wish you the best of luck. I know there is, there are so many folks out there um, that you may not even realize are close to you. So um, give give folks a chance and go out and make, make some friends. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook, 
and find us at Homeschool Together Podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!